Good morning. Well, apparently I'm 16 years old. My voice is cracked. So, gracious me. It is good to see each one of you here inside and for our folks outside. We pray that you stay warm. I promise the sermon won't be that long, um, but glad everybody is here today. Um, this morning, I'm just thankful just thinking of you all um, and for just no matter what situation we're faced with, um, y'all just being faithful and um, to one another, faithful to God, and I'm just thankful for um, the faith and witness of this church. So it's just, uh, as Paul often would write his letters um, in the Bible, he would, at the beginning, he would say, I often give thanks for you, and, and I feel like that. So I give thanks for you all. This morning, our call to worship as we begin um, our second Sunday of Advent. It is hard to believe um, that we only have two more Sundays before Christmas. Um, this year, I don't know what time is anymore. It seems like it goes really slow and really fast all at the same time. But our uh, call to worship is from 80, um, Psalm 85, the first two verses and then the last six. Hear these words. You, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. Verse 8. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. This morning as we approach our prayer time, um, I want to give a couple updates uh, for folks who are on here. Um, first of all, um, Nell, we are praying um, for you um, with word um, that Lee, your nephew, um, appears to be in his last days. And so um, we're praying for you and for your brother and your family. So uh, we love you and so sorry to hear that. He's 47 years old? 45, gracious me. The more and more I go along, 45 sounds very young. Um, so, yeah, so we'll continue praying um, for him and for you all. Um, we're grateful um, that Kevin Fuller um, came through his surgery this week. He had uh, some wisdom teeth surgery and, and molar sur dental surgery, and it was pretty extensive. And uh, so I texted with him a little bit, and I saw a picture of him. He looked like a chipmunk, poor thing. Oh, gracious, Okay. Susan Dalton, it's sinus surgery. Okay. She had that on Friday. Um, I just saw this morning, I'd ask prayer for uh, my mother's family. Um, her cousin's wife passed away last night. Um, her name was Alice Gorley. I just saw that on Facebook when I was got here this morning. And so um, to ask that you remember them. Who else do we need to add to our list or updates? I'm sorry, what was that now? Uh, Wayne Sharon. Wayne Sharon? 
Mm. Oh, gracious. Okay, so another one of your... Gracious me. So if Nell's had a tough week. Uh, another nephew, Wayne. Sharon. Sharon is in the hospital. Um, okay, I certainly remember him and you all. Yeah, that that's a tough week. Uh, we celebrate... Um, uh, Wilma Campbell, uh, uh, Lois's sister, uh, is doing better, and so we're grateful for that news. Um, Lois is outside. I enjoyed speaking with her yesterday, um, and we uh, and she gave me that update. So we're grateful for that. Anybody else? Any other updates or additions? We need to remember Harold Parker. Harold Parker. Mm. And he went back, and he's at home with Mary. He's not doing well at all. Mm. Gracious. You said that's Harold Parker. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Oh. Okay, I know. I, I don't know him, but I know who he is then. I, need, I know the vehicles he drives. <laughs> so, gracious. Poor thing. Goodness. Thank you. I've seen updates on Facebook um, about TG, um, so he's still battling. Um, so I hear from him every now and then. Um, so yeah, we continue praying for them because, I mean, I know he's he's a warrior. I mean, he's not giving up, and that's he, he's inspiring that way. All right, anybody else? All right, well, let's pray. Gracious Lord, the turn of the calendar to December and the colder temperatures indicating that winter is here reminds us of the changing seasons. Year after year, we go through spring where life blooms. We go through the summer and the fall and back into the winter time. We can't even imagine how many cycles of the seasons that you have seen. You are the author of the seasons. You are the author of this earth and all that we know. Lord, we are grateful for our relatively short time here on this earth to bear witness to your beauty, to bear witness to your power. The seasons remind us, Lord, that we are not the ones in charge that forces move, they flow from you, that we have no control over. We sometimes try to harness those forces, but ultimately, you are the one in charge. And for that, we are grateful. We are grateful because there's so much that happens in our world that we have a difficulty explaining or understanding. Lord, there is so much bad things, so, many, so much evil in this world, and we know it's a result of sin, of us displeasing you, of us having a broken relationship with you, Lord, and we just ask for forgiveness. We repent, Lord. We turn away from our sin. We turn away from those evil things. We turn back towards you. And we come to you today pleading and praying on behalf of our family and our friends 
for folks, Lord, that we have mentioned out loud and folks who are in our hearts who are dealing, dealing with difficult medical diagnoses and situations. We pray for comfort and healing, Lord. We pray for our healthcare workers, Lord, who are strained to the max right now, trying to take care of everybody in a system that is struggling. We are thankful for the knowledge that you've given to us to help us care for one another, Lord, but in situations where it's possible, we ask for miracles. We know you're in the business of miracles, Lord, and where it's, we ask for healing and we ask for comfort. Lord, there's other folks who are going through difficult life situations or folks who are caring for those in difficult situations, and we ask that you give them strength and peace and comfort as well. We thank you, Lord, that no matter what wilderness we are walking through, that you are present with us. Remind us of your face. Remind us of your glory, Lord. We thank you for your son that you sent at Christmas time, Lord, to live and to die so that we might know you forever. Thank you for who he is, for his teachings, for his love, and for the prayer that he left behind for us to say together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Our scripture this morning is from the 40th chapter of Isaiah. It's our second Sunday in a row that we are um, looking at Isaiah. It's a little bit of a different section. I'll save it for another time. Maybe one day when we're able to have a Bible study, we can talk through just the complexities and um, the power that Isaiah has. Um, but for now, we'll read the first five verses. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One cold Saturday afternoon, not unlike the one yesterday, family and friends gathered at a church together to do the unfortunate duty of having to say goodbye to a loved one. Towards the end of the service, a family friend leaned into the family and asked, before this is over, do you mind if I say a word? No, go right ahead, that's fine, the patriarch of the family replied. So the man stood out of his pew, looked around, cleared his throat, and proclaimed, plethora, and sits right back down. Thank you, the patriarch leaned back and told him. That word means a lot. 
Oh, we got someone who got it. Okay. <laughs> I was going to see if that landed or not. Anyways, it, yes, I know. It's, if you want to know my sense of humor, that's it right there. Comfort, comfort, my people, says the Lord. And God's people certainly needed comfort during this time. Israel had been going through a rough patch up to this point. More and more, they had been taking advantage of their neighbors. They'd lived at their expense. They'd put their own desires and needs ahead of others. And displeased with them, God had indicted them on not living how he commanded them, and he punished them. And he did this by allowing the Babylonians to come and attack them and to destroy the temple and take away some of the people into exile for 70 years. Now stop for a moment real quick here and reflect on the sentence I just said. I say that because I remember reading uh, or seeing anecdotes um, as I grew up um, in reference to the 1918 Spanish flu. Um, I saw passing references um, when I looked at old baseball records. You know, they had an abbreviated season that year because of the flu, and they would say that, and I wouldn't give any thought to it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I saw something where, you know, they shut down schools and churches and businesses for a, a few weeks or even months, and I thought, okay, well, that's fine. I never gave it a second thought until now, until we have lived through our own pandemic and we understand what it's like to go through a season of disruption, a season where nothing is normal anymore. In our time, in our passage here, the Babylonians had been threatening for a long time and they picked off the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom was next. They invaded, they killed, they pillaged, and, they, and more. They destroyed nearly everything in their path, homes, crops, businesses, and of course, the most sacred space, the temple. And to make matters worse, a portion of them, of the Israelites, were forcibly exiled, forced to march to Babylon, where they lived for 70 years in exile. Everything that they knew, everything that they counted on was violently ripped away from them. And I'm sure all the while they were wondering, where is God? Will God ever help us? How long do we need to wait for God to come and deliver us? And honestly, those are some questions that we might be asking right now in our situation. We have been going through an extended traumatic and awful event with over 2,000 people, even close to 3,000 people dying every day. But because many of us can't see the destruction and the pain, some question whether or not this is actually happening. But there was no denying the violence and the horribleness that the destruction that Babylon caused and the trauma ensued for God's people during this time. But at this point, chapter 40 in Isaiah, things began to change for Israel. The Persians had taken over Babylon, and now King Cyrus was in charge. And under his leadership, the Israelites were allowed to return home and to begin rebuilding their lives. But with all of the trauma that they had endured, they needed comfort. They needed encouragement. They needed hope as they prepared to move beyond the horrors of the past into their new futures. The cry, comfort, comfort, 
at the beginning of our passage, we can naturally read this as a command, but some biblical scholars point out that this can actually be read as joyful astonishment. Their hard service had been completed, and God was prepared to help lead them out of the wilderness that they had been in for generations. After all of that horribleness, after all of that time in exile, God was now ready to lead them. They were returning back home to the promised land. Comfort, comfort. The valleys ahead of them would be lifted and the mountains would be flattened. The rough patches of land would be made smooth like a plain. Isn't that a wonderful thing for us to pray for right now? Lord, bring us comfort. Lord, help us return home to something resembling normal. Remove our obstacles and flatten our paths as we move forward. Lead us as we are your sheep and you are our shepherd. A note of caution, though, as, we, as eagerly as we want to move beyond 2020 and forget that this year ever happened, we need to spend a moment and consider the role that the wilderness plays in the Bible. It's in the wilderness where God is often heard, especially when he's about to do a new and great thing. Thinking about the 40 years of wandering the Israelites endured after they left Egypt, the wilderness represents a time of resetting, a time of wiping the slate clean and teaching lessons to the people that they needed to learn. Wilderness time was a time of preparation, of preparing their hearts to be able to properly receive God's blessings. God needed them to atone from their sins and to learn to rely on him before bringing them out of the wilderness. Wilderness time was a time of waiting. Forty years was a long time. This time of exile for the Israelites was 70 years or a lifetime for many of them. For perspective, this year, 2020, has felt like forever, but multiply it by 40 years or 70 years, and you can imagine just how long the people had to wait on God. Time in the wilderness is used to draw God's people closer to him. It's not a fun process, but as we see in the Bible, it's sometimes a necessary process. And after being strengthened and being tested, we come out on the other side with a deeper relationship with our Lord. The wilderness is a time to be, remind us to be reliant on God. Sometimes we delude ourselves into thinking that we're in control when life is easy, when life is good, when you have blessings flowing out of our ears. It's the time in the wilderness that God reminds us of who's really in charge. Other than this pandemic, I'm sure all of us at one point or the other have felt like we're in the wilderness. We're rather than walking on flat ground, we're deep in the valley, struggling to make sense of the path forward and feeling like God is far, far away. Maybe you are in the wilderness right now. I don't know. Maybe it's a wilderness of grief or despair. Maybe it's a wilderness of a difficult diagnosis or caring for a loved one or going through just a bad situation, whether it's work or family or whatever. Sometimes we feel like we're juggling multiple wildernesses. 
at once. Life just seems to keep pouring them on and on to us. Friends, we know that God does not promise us an easy life, but as we see time and time again in the Bible, he is with us along the way. God does not abandon us. God does not hide his face from us. Sometimes we are so consumed with what's going on around us and within us that we can't see how God is helping us work through our wilderness experiences. But we can take comfort knowing that God is with us during them. And while he comforts us, he also works to prepare our hearts and our minds for what's next on the other side of the wilderness. Robert Louis Stevenson tells an old story about a ship that was caught in an awful storm off a rocky coast. The wind and the waves threatened to bash the ship against the rocks, threatening the lives of both the crew and their passengers. And in the midst of the terror, one daring young man, a passenger, contrary to orders from the crew, went up to the deck, made a dangerous passage across it to the pilot house, and climbed up and saw the steerman at the helm. He observed him at the post, holding the wheel of the ship unwaveringly, and inch by inch, turning the ship out more and more towards the sea and away from the rocks. After a few minutes, the pilot noticed the young man was there and turned around and smiled at him. The young man smiled back. And then he made that dangerous passage back down below deck and found his fellow passengers and said, I have seen the face of the pilot, and he smiled. All is well. When we're at our lowest, God is actively working in the background, ready to reveal his glory for all to see together. When we're looking towards the future, holding on hope that God will eventually deliver us, God smiles and reminds us he's already here. He is here with us. This time of year, we recall John the Baptist and how he cried out from the wilderness a message of repentance, a message that the Messiah was coming to prepare our hearts and minds for what God was about to do. But here's the thing. Even as John told the people to get ready, even as he called them out to the wilderness to explain that God was about to do a new thing, the Messiah was already there. In fact, the Messiah had been amongst them for 30 years up to that point. He was in the same neighborhood as them. Sometimes when God seems so far away, he's often right around the corner, just waiting for the right moment to reveal his glory and his blessings. Church, we have the opportunity to not only point to God's glory in the future when we're out of the wilderness, but we have the opportunity to help people realize that he is here with us now. No matter how hard this time is or how difficult our own personal wildernesses are, God is present here with us. And it's this time of year too, we talk about the name Emmanuel. We talked about this last year. I don't know if you all remember what Emmanuel means, but it means three simple words, God with us. 
And friends, knowing that God is with us, Emmanuel, no matter what, is comforting at least to my ears. And I hope and pray it is for yours. Let's pray together. Lord, many of us feel like we're in the wilderness right now and that you are far away. This morning, Lord, remind us of your presence. Comfort us. Walk with us. Go ahead of us and flatten our paths. We thank you for working within us and around us to prepare us for the blessings that you want to give us. May we have hearts ready to receive them. And may we give glory to your name in all that we see and all that we do. For it's in that powerful name that we pray. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is Hymn 77. Come, thou long-expected Jesus. And indeed, that is our prayer. Come, Lord, prepare our hearts, give us comfort, be with us. Let's stand and sing together. thank each and every one of you for being here this Sunday. I pray that you have a good week and pray to see you here next Sunday. Go in peace and be comforted.